y'all get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with David Lynn. This is one of your hosts, Mr. David Coker, proprietor of Dave Mark Inc., uh, promoter, music management, media specialist, all around town, all around guy, about town, I should say. Um, I'm sitting here with my partner, Mr. Leonard Young. What's going on, sir? Everything's good, Dave. This is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide, DelawareBlack.com, Black Media Specialist and all-around good guy. Everything's good, Dave. What about you? How was your weekend? Um, I can't complain, sir. It made it through. It was uh, uh, a good uh, weekend. We had Father's Day one day and Juneteenth yeah. the next, so yeah. can't get better than that, right? Dave, so. they, they, they have rushed us in and rushed us out, huh? Yeah, yeah. The uh, did you go? Did you go out to dinner on Father's Day? Yeah. So um, actually, uh, my family took me out to brunch, and we went to yeah. uh, Chelsea Tavern, right on oh, uh, Market okay. Street. Yep, it, okay. it was good. All right. Well, let's see, there you go. And they probably was waiting for you to come in. They were like, "Come in, please come in, please come in," because we don't have anybody here, right? <laughs> Isn't that what happened? Um, yeah, because, it was, you know, it's not Mother's Day weekend, so they don't, I, you know, it's a place for the property is packed, you know, so. Yeah, we, we, uh, we had our choice of seating, whether we want to inside or outside. Yeah, uh, there you go, yeah. And probably any seat in the house, right? Yeah, there you go. Ooh, so, almost. Uh, almost, almost, you know, so. Um, well, that's good, that's good. Did, did you do any Juneteenth um, celebration festivities? Uh, unfortunately, we did not. We we are celebrated in spirit. Okay, all right. Well, spirit, spirit is definitely good. Hey, I'm sorry. We celebrate it in the spirit of the ancestors. How about that one? There you go. How about that? How about that? You know. So, well, that's good. I'm uh, I'm glad to hear that, sir. Uh, uh, I didn't. Let me say, I want my youngest son took me out to dinner on Sunday. Uh, we ended actually ended up going to TGI Fridays. Um, so that's where we ended up. Um, and then um, I didn't do anything as far as the Juneteenth celebration. I did watch um, the Juneteenth parade and um, part of the celebration they had down at Harriet Tubman Park. The okay. TV did a report on it. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, they had a parade on um, on South Market Street, um, so I saw I saw a lot of the parade and uh, some a lot of the festivities that was going on down at Harriet Tubman Park. So, uh, so it looks like everybody was having a good time. You know, it looked like a great great event. Okay, all right, sounds good. Yeah. So, um, but here we are, another week. Uh, the weather um, got a little warmer, you know. It definitely got a little hotter out there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. and it's supposed to get, and it's supposed to be hot as the week goes along. And guess what? Oh well, it's a little overcast. It's been overcast all day. You and I were just talking about that, but then there's a reason for that. 
the jazz festival is in town. It always overcast for <laughs> the jazz festival comes to town. Oh, is it? So, so this is the week of the jazz festival, folks. So, you know, let's see how many days they can get get in without the rain coming. So mm-hmm. that's usually exactly. that's usually what happens. So, so but uh, yeah, we got uh, we got the uh, weather. Uh, we'll see if the weather cooperates with everybody. Also, um, this weekend coming up, I also got my uh, reunion coming up, um, my high school reunion. So, uh, uh, so that should be interesting in itself as well. So, so it should be a busy week. All right, so David. Let's see how, this how, goes. how many years has it been? How many years y'all celebrating? Well, this is actually uh, all class reunion. So, um, now I've been out of school since my class. My class is class. Um, of 78. Damn. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I had to do my Kevin Hart voice. Yeah, yeah. But um, with these all-class reunions, we've had reunions where we've had um, people to show up as far... Let me see. The oldest class that we had at the last couple that we did was the class of 64. So we, you know, we've had some people to hang in with us. So yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. I got I got an alumni T-shirt on right now. Matter of fact, PS Dubai alumni. Yeah, okay. see, that's my alumni T-shirt right there. Okay, so, all right, AI, AI Dupont High School alumni. No, don't no, no, no. PS 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 Dupont, not AI. Oh, okay. I, you know, right. I went to AI. I did look. I did go to AI. I, I'm not gonna, you know, I did go there, but this is PS Dupont. Uh, AI. Uh, okay. okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. All right. So, anyway, so here we are. Um, I guess uh, we can go ahead and get into our subjects for today, our stories for today, and let's uh, let's um, enlighten, um, inform, and uh, you know, bring to you some of the stories of this week. Okay, or what we. Look, things we've learned this week, you know. Right. So, so we say right. learned or learned about. Learned about, yeah. There we go. So, um, so I guess our first story. Leonard's going to play a video. It's a TikTok video. It's more of an infor- uh, informational thing. Well, no, that they, we they, are. You you remember we're doing the Juneteenth one first. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I am I'm jumping the gun, folks. Uh, Juneteenth holiday was yesterday, so let's let's talk about Juneteenth. Um, of course, you know um, uh, it's been in the last two years that they made it a federal holiday, so a lot of people are starting to recognize um, Juneteenth. And for those who are still under a rock, the holiday recognizes the day in 1865. Uh, when enslaved African Americans in Texas learned that they were free, um, following the Emancipation Proclamation two years earlier, um, unfortunately, not everybody knew they were free at that particular time because not everybody was told they were free um, down there in Texas. We, you know, for two years, some of them people didn't know they were free. Right. But that's a whole another story. We're not going to get too deep into at the moment. So, you know. So then people, the slave owners were like, oh, we're going to, we're not going to tell them. We're just going to, you know, get, you know, they'll find out eventually, you know, so, but that was kind of messed up. Um, 
Let's see. Um, but I just find it interesting. Now they went all out to to make this a a state holiday. Uh, well, as far as a lot of the states and they're making it a federal holiday, but we still have some issues as far as that's concerned, and some states still don't want to recognize it. Um, I will say this. Uh, um, there was a comment in the article that I was looking at. It said slavery really is a stain on our society. So I think by acknowledging this, recognizing it, and really learning about it, that's the whole point of celebrating June 19th. Um, many in the movement to make June 19th a holiday, um, and every state takes inspiration from the campaign for the Martin Luther King um, holiday, which is probably what's going to have to happen in order to get it to be um, a holiday that, it, you know, because I remember the, you know, all that went into getting MLK Day done. Um, um, it took a while, but, you know, finally in 1983, it was made a holiday. Um, but it was 17 years before that happened that it took for that to happen, you know, so, um, and, and as far as all 50 states were concerned. So we're hoping that um, that will be the case with this particular situation. Um, I know there is 20 states that um, do not recognize, that do not recognize um, Juneteenth as a national holiday. And I wanted to go over those states with you. Uh, or let's see if you knew if you knew about how many of those states there were. Nope. Let's see. Huh? You don't? No. I, I mean I like I saw the list, but um some shock me, some don't. Well, yeah, some 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 are pretty obvious um because of the location or whatever, but I'm going to go through the list real quick. So we have Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas. I'm a little surprised about this one, but then the way that state is ran, I guess that's a surprise. Florida. Arkansas? Oh, Florida. Oh, oh yeah. Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I am not surprised by that one. Yeah, I know. But I mean, nowadays, but I mean, you figure. Well, yeah, I guess in the last couple of years when it became a federal law, that same person was still in charge. So. Right. Um, Hawaii, I can see that. Indiana, that's interesting to me. Um, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, Montana, no surprise there. New Hampshire, um, Oklahoma, North Dakota, South Carolina. Now, that's a surprise to me. You would think South Carolina would be on board. You know what I mean? Um, Vermont, Wisconsin, Wyoming, North Carolina. California and Pennsylvania. Now, Al, Al, what I just named, which one of those do you think is probably the biggest shock to you that it's not on there? 
I mean, that they they haven't recognized it. Maybe California and Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, I would say that too. I mean, two of the largest states in the country. And you would think, you know, with the diversity of people they have, you know, that they would have been able to do that. But, um, you know, according to the article, those states aren't, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, even with that, Dave, shouldn't Delaware be on the list? What? So Delaware didn't free the slaves until the following December. So... Um, and Texas slaves were freed, what, uh, you know, June 19th, June 20th or whatever. In Delaware, they weren't freed until the file that following December. So technically, well, that's true. yeah, so, so, I mean, you know, it's kind of weird that, and I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate because, you know, I, I will still take my day off June, <laughs> Juneteenth and, <laughs> and, 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 and eat my chicken and watermelon. But, right. um, you know, Delaware didn't free the slaves till December of that year. So, you know, it's, it's kind of funny that Delaware would declare a federal or, you know, follow along with the federal holiday when at the time slaves in Delaware weren't free. No, that's true. They didn't do it. They they didn't. They might have took took a couple of months extra to do it. But think about it. They didn't wait two years like. Texas did, like certain, you know, Texas, you know, a lot of people, you know, were free for two years and didn't know it. Mm -hmm. And Delaware did jump right on board when they spent with the whole federal holiday thing. I mean, even, uh, I never forget, uh, during the pandemic when they first, you know, of course, this is all after all the craziness happened with, you know, Floyd and all the shootings that were going on and, um, you know, that Juneteenth, that the holiday that came up after the George Floyd um, um, death, yeah, they hurry up and said, you know, because let me tell you, they gave us all. We we were sitting at our desk on Tuesday. We get an email. Oh, you're going to be off the next day, which was June 19th. <laughs> That's right. how that happened for us. And then the file and then. Um, not too long after that, they said it's going to go on the state calendar as a federal holiday. And I was like, okay. And then they made it a holiday for all of us. So, you know, so um, it, that kind of happened with a quickness. Now, as far as them freeing the slaves with a quickness, now that didn't happen with a quickness, but they, it did happen. It didn't take two years, though, which was good. Um, I, I hope that these other states, though, do fall in line with everybody else and go ahead and make these this a holiday that everyone can enjoy. I know with Pennsylvania, uh, California, uh, North Carolina, what was it? Pennsylvania, California, North Carolina, and Wyoming. Was it Wyoming? No, California, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina. They, um, they were not, they were allowed people to take off that day, but they had to use their own PTO time. Right. You know, you know, to recognize yourself. Um, and that's, you know, kind of messed up because you got to use your own time to do it. But you wasn't going to they wasn't going to, you know, be mad at you if you decided to do that because of the holiday. So, right. Um, hopefully they get that straightened out soon. So um, we need this to be recognized by everyone. We need everybody to wake up because here it is. You 
and I have talked about this many times over the over the last couple of years about how this is another thing that we didn't hear about in school, right? No, not right? at all. In fact, not I didn't even hear about it in college. Yeah, see, there you go. And, you know, I, I definitely didn't hear about it in college. I didn't hear the first time I ever heard it mentioned. I was probably in my 30s, Leonard. First time I ever heard it, heard it mentioned. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, so it is something that we definitely need to, to definitely spend more time paying attention to. The, um, the schools definitely need to teach it. The colleges need to teach it. And it definitely needs to be talked about in the families. So definitely we need to be made more awoke about this. So I just wanted to bring that up. And just, you know, since we just celebrated it yesterday, uh, and definitely want to keep it fresh in everybody's mind. Uh, you know, this is something that's important, people. It was uh, definitely something that definitely helped to shape who you are now. I mean, think about your ancestors and what they went through. Right. You know, that makes all the difference in the world. So. All right, moving on. So this next story, um, I'm going to have Leonard play a uh, a video. Um, you'll hear the audio of it. And basically, um, this is talking about what we are putting in our bodies. Um, I thought it was interesting. And, you know, Leonard and I are going to talk about it after he plays the video. So go ahead and play that video, Leonard. This question right here, Red 40 is banned, right? Let's get into it. And hopefully you guys aren't still eating hot Cheetos. These things have Red 40 in them, a cancer-leading chemical. Let's get into it. And before we get more into the video, is your child having behavioral issues? Did you know that Red 40 is linked to ADHD, behavioral issues, autism, and all kinds of stuff? Let's get more into it. But stop. So you can work on taking all these foods out of your... Um, the reason I asked Leonard to pause before we get back to it, while we had the screen up, just wanted to kind of mention, it, there's a slide here that has a bunch of different products on here. I know we all have indulged in at one point or another. Some of the more popular, Hamburger Helper. Is that um, that's Catalina dressing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Salad dressing. Yeah, okay. Uh, strawberry Hershey's. Stuff, right orange crushed soda gatorade i'm like oh gatorade God. yeah uh fruity pebbles uh strawberry crunch a uh, berry crunch yeah doritos our favorite snack uh fruit loops pop tarts um they even have medicine on benadryl medicine on here um Welch's fruit snacks. And I, those are something I've eaten over the years, many times. Uh, what else? Flintstone vitamins, tricks. So there's a lot of popular stuff in this that they're talking about here as this guy is talking. I just wanted to point out some of the products that he had in this picture. All right. Go ahead and continue, Leonard. Out of your diet. Now let's go. So I'm guessing for those of you that are watching, you're probably not consuming anything with red food dye, but your kids may. And here are some symptoms. Hyperactive kids, allergies, increasing risk of cancer, and increasing estrogen. 
I mean, can we get a round of applause for Dr. Berg? The man has been trying to wake us up for so long. I mean, look at this. It's linked to cancer, ADHD, allergies, hypersensitivity, asthma, hyperactivity. Now let's continue. 15 million pounds of artificial food dye is put into food. And a lot of those foods are marketed towards kids, especially something like this little fruit snack, or quotes, fruit snack, uh, has a lot of these dyes in it. And, you know, these dyes are really, they're linked to behavior problems in kids, ADHD, even autism. And, you know, I used to think food dye, that's just food dye. It does, it's not good, it's not bad, but I've really seen a big link with uh, uh, diseases in my kids, my patients, uh, allergies, uh, other inflammatory diseases, behavior problems, it's a, it's a big problem. And as much as I'd like to tell you that Red 40 and other toxic food dyes are banned in the U.S., they're not. But guess what? They're banned in other countries. Other countries don't want their people eating this stuff. Huh? I mean, seriously, guys, they're feeding us stuff that is banned in other countries because of all the health issues it's causing. Like, seriously, try and cut these foods out of your diet, too. Let's continue. Since the dawn of Skittles, there have been rumors about the dangers of eating them. Every one of us heard at least one classmate claim that the red ones make you sterile, and the yellow ones, they give you cancer. Turns out, it might be worse than that. First of all, your classmate wasn't wrong. The dyes known as yellow 5 and yellow 6 have been linked to hives and hyperactivity in children. Sweden and Norway have banned the candies out of concern. The European Union will most likely be banning Skittles at the end of the year, having already swapped out some of the dye for more natural flavors. This is because of something called titanium dioxide, which can be found making the colors pop across the rainbow. Research linked titanium dioxide to damaged DNA, which can lead to cancer, not only toxic, but are unfit for human consumption. So maybe for now, play it safe. If you want to know more about toxic food dyes and bioengineered food, please like, comment, and share for more. Thanks. Okay. So, I know that was a lot of information coming at you in a short period of time. So, this thing, this story is basically telling us uh, basically all the things that most people like to eat, we shouldn't be eating, and especially children. Um, and because it's linked to hyperactivity, uh, uh, of course, uh, a lot of it was the cancer word, you know, because all of us seem to be cancerous, right? Um, we've been hearing about dyes for years. Uh, I was just talking the other day about um, pistachios and how I used to love pistachios coming up. And I still like them to this day. I just don't buy them the way I used to. I don't eat as many nuts as I used to. Um so one of the things that I used to love about the pistachios and when you were a kid, we only had the red pistachios. And I bet you never had a red pistachio, did you? No, not never heard of it. No. Yeah, see, I know, because a lot of people, they took them off the market by a certain time because of the red dye. Because what made them red was the dye. They would dye the pistachios so that they were red, and what made them so fun was, like, when you would eat them, you would have the dye all over your hand, and everybody would always say, oh, you were eating pistachios, or you try to hide that you were eating pistachios, and everybody knew you were eating them because you had the dye on your hand. Um, the, but they banned that dye, that red dye, after a certain period of time. I think it was in the early 80s that they stopped making those pistachios, maybe late 70s, early 80s with the red dye 
And so all you saw was the natural pistachios without the dye. And I remember the first time I ever had the 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 white pistachios, I was like, what's this? Because I've always eaten them with red. So I said, those ain't the pistachios I usually eat. They said, this is what pistachios look like before they put the dye. Well, I was really shocked about that. They put dye in basically everything that we eat nowadays. And, you know, some of our favorite things, it's funny how they become our favorite things because normally if it's something that we really, really, really like, it's normally not good for you. You know, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, you know, they the first picture they showed in that video was a bag of, che- of uh, Cheetos. Well, everybody likes Cheetos, and a lot of people like Who like Cheetos? Who like Cheetos? You don't Cheetos? eat Cheetos? Don't they, eat Cheetos? We, we buy that um, variety chips pack. And you don't yeah. tell what the last things left are. That oh, Cheetos is the last thing. <laughs> either either Cheetos or Fritos. And I'm like, why why do they put Fritos in there? No, they who grabs Fritos first out of the uh, the snack pack? Yeah, that's true. Fritos is an old old people thing, man. Because that's we people my age we ate, we ate a lot of Fritos coming up. Nowadays, right. you, uh, kids don't eat Fritos like that. Yeah, they you don't. Know, so. No, they don't. Uh, but the Cheetos thing, man, I see a lot of people eating Cheetos. Most most snack machines always have Cheetos in them. Yeah. And you know what's even more popular than Cheetos is those flaming hot Cheetos. And they oh, definitely Lord. got red dye. Yeah. Don't, and don't, you know they they made a movie about they made a movie about the uh, people that created them. Did you hear about that? No, we're here. Send it to me because my wife eat those uh the red hot die die number six things like crazy so i i need to make sure i send that to her uh yeah i know people that eat them all the time too so that is too that is too funny um um yeah you definitely have to um yeah you definitely have to school her on that but yeah those there's a movie yeah there's a movie talking about the uh people who created that and it was so it's surely by accident that that happened by the way but uh yeah, but the husband and wife, an older couple, and they had no mm-hmm. idea that it was going to become a, a big thing the way that it did. So yeah, they. I mean, I, I already know the story. They're over there mixing the stuff for the Cheetos. The husband, <laughs> the husband is trying to hanky panky with the wife. He turns around. Yeah. He he knocks the uh the taco um the taco mix into the mixture, and unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, it's too much for them to throw it out. So they got just got to. Put it out in production. People love it. It's a hit. They well, they 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 hooked it up because I'm telling you, people that love those those yeah. Cheetos, the flaming hot Cheetos, they love those flaming hot Cheetos, man, bro. And, and Dave, let me so, tell you, but yeah, during, during the pan during the pandemic, you know, there are a lot of things that were hard to get. You could not find those flaming hot Cheetos a lot of places. My wife ordered a box online, and she got. Um, of the bigger bags, it was like a box of eight. So she ordered her flaming hot Cheetos online. I was just like, "Geez, no, she didn't." Were they up? Were it was there upcharge on them? Um, a little bit. I mean, so I don't know if she ordered them from like Walmart online, Amazon, or mm-hmm. just direct from the manufacturer. But you know, just the <laughs> fact that you no, know, she she had to she had to order them, and she ordered them. I was like, "This is crazy." Yeah, people, I'm telling you, man, people don't, do not be playing about that. I know I know at least three people that pop in my head right now that that swear by those things, man. 
that, you know, they got to have, you know, so, um, but then, you know, how true is it about what they're saying about the dye that's in that? And, you know, I mean, you know, of course, anytime you see anything red, you always wonder about, you know, how, you know, what's making it red. Is it a natural red or is it a dye that they're using? And you always wonder, you know, what we put in our bodies anyway. But, you know, just listening to that video and, of course, hearing what they have to say. We've been hearing about dyes for years. Skittles, there always seems to be some kind of controversy around Skittles. Have you ever noticed that? It's always been controversy around yeah. Skittles, you know. You know, I mean, you know, they said Skittles did this, you know, they talk about how Skittles are pork. You know, I've heard all kinds of stories about Skittles, you know. So, um, but they're still on the shelf. They're still popular. You know, they still make commercials about them, you know. And and they've even been in movies that, um, you know, Oh yeah, Skittles was used as props in movies, you know. So, um, so it's it's just interesting, but you know how we have to be careful about these things. But then when you look at your kids and you think about why some of our kids are the way that they are, if this is true, this helps to explain some of it, you know. Right. Yeah, I'm, but you know, I think it's hard too because, and and this is what I tell my wife when she tries to curtail me on certain things. Everything we eat has preservatives, dyes, chemicals, you know. So I mean, they what what can we eat or drink that you know is it, it, not hurting us in the long run? You know, we can't drink juice. Juice has too much sugar. Soda. The only thing we can drink is water. Water. There you go. <laughs> and even now, you got to be careful with that because, yeah. you know, we, uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago, Claymont Clay Clay couldn't drink their water up there? Yeah. Um, Philly had was, the issue. Baltimore recently yeah. had an issue. And I Flint, mean, Flint's still, Flint still trying to figure it out. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but, you, you know, I, I definitely believe in moderation. So, like, looking at that list, um, you know, there are a couple things like the, the, the Gatorade and the Powerade, the red colors. I am definitely guilty of that. And, uh, mm. you know, so may, maybe I will try to slow those down a little bit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Look, we got we got a converter, folks. We got a converter here, you know. So, so uh, you know, I'm trying to think. I don't really on that list. The only thing that I would say that I do in excess of is probably the orange crushed soda. Right. I'm old school when it comes to orange, you know. You know. Uh, so, um, so that one probably would be my biggest, um, biggest habit there on that list that we looked at. So, I have to keep. I have to keep. I have to keep that in mind. So, but. Um, just thought we share that with you folks. So um, definitely, um, if you can do your, own, if you want to do your own research to see, you know, what you find out about what was said about the dyes and so forth. People of a certain age know exactly what I'm talking about. Like I said, I told the story about the pistachios. Anybody my age or 50 or older know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to those pistachios and how they stop putting that dye in those pistachios. So, um, so. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, see um, what you guys are able to find out, and hopefully, you know, you'll take take heed to 
um, what you heard in that video. Okay. All right. Moving on, Len. Yep. So um, the next story, and this is something that just happened recently. Dave, I don't know if you remember from 2019 in the city of Chicago, there was a lady, and, and th this went viral at the time. There was a lady who was um, <clears throat> getting ready for work. She was getting out the shower when police officers served a, a no-knock warrant on her. They busted her. They busted into her house. They handcuffed her naked. And while they were looking for an illegal gun. Now, of course, they were at the wrong house. And, you know, whatever, after, you know, they realized that she was. Um, so after apparently 16 seconds of being handcuffed naked, they tried to throw some clothing on her, but it kept on falling off. She ended up suing the city of Chicago for $2.9 million. And I think she received that settlement in 2021. So about two years after the incident. But would you believe that the sergeant who ordered that no-knock warrant is just getting fired now? Um, four years after the incident, the Chicago board voted five to three to fire um, the sergeant who was in charge for that that no-knock raid. Do you remember this story from about four years ago? Vaguely, I do remember that, yes. Um, and they just awarded that. They just awarded to her, right? Um, this was recently, right? Well, um, so she, she, she won her settlement in 2021. She got $2.9 million. Okay, so, so I guess... Chicago said, this dude cost us a bunch of money. We got to let him go. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, um, I, I, you know, I, I do vaguely remember that. And, and it's really a shame how we are treated. Um, you know, these stories we hear about all the time. And I know that we have, um, gosh, Every every it seemed like every week we're hearing about the story of you know police doing this and police doing that, and then right. we hear about how we're getting shot just knocking on people's doors, mm -hmm. you know, getting shot through the doors, and people going to the wrong house or stepping foot on somebody somebody's property. I mean, these people aren't getting arrested like that though. They're they're you know they're like you know people shooting through doors. It right. took them four days to come by and get that lady, you know, and arrest her, you know. I mean, but it's – I was watching something the other day where they, they were talking about, you know, all the different incidents that have happened over the last five to ten years with black people. And they said in this article that we are truly being hunt, hunted these days. Yeah, I'm about to say it feels like it. That's why the two busiest places during the pandemic was the liquor store and the gun shop. Because, of course, you had to have that liquid courage to do some of the stuff that you did. Right. Um, and the gun to be able to pull, pull off what you did. 
I mean, every time we turn around, I think it was, um, we're, we're hearing about hate crimes all the time. And, you know, it's, you get so that you can't go anywhere. You don't want to be in crowds anymore. You know, you go into a park, go to listen to some music, and all of a sudden you hear gunfire. I mean, it's just crazy anymore, the stuff that you that goes on. And when you have something like this, you're in the shower, and they break it to your home. I know. It's crazy. That's crazy, right? And, I mean, I potentially, mean, potentially it could have turned into a Breonna Taylor situation, too. If she had a gun, if you're coming out the shower and you hear someone breaking into your house, you know, your first instinct is going to be protect yourself. And if she had a gun and grabbed a gun, you know, she, she could have she been portrayed as being in the wrong when she would have been. Oh, yeah. But that's like they try to portray Breonna Taylor and her and her boyfriend, you know, um, um, the, you know. They don't know who's coming up in there. Anytime you see that happen, you know, when somebody busts down your door, is the first thing you think it, oh, it's just cops. That's not the first thing that comes to your mind. It's like, who's this? Who's, who's coming to my house? Right. right. And especially if you're a single lady, you know, you, you don't, you know. Leonard, you could be a single man. You could be a single man too, Leonard. And yeah. it, you still think, I mean, the last thing you want is somebody busting in your house i don't care what who you are the last thing you want is somebody to come busting up in your house and if you got a gun um well it depends on if you have the complexion for the protection of course right you know and you fire a shot you know you're gonna die if you fire one shot you know um but it's it's, it's really a shame that we're still having these issues and it's not getting any better it's getting worse actually it's really, um, you know, we 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 talked about Juneteenth being yesterday. We we wonder what the slaves went through with their slave masters, and you know, having that mentality that any moment they can get mad at you or whip you or whatever the case may be for something you might have done or maybe didn't do. It's the same type of feeling, right? You know. That's where we are right now. So I'm glad she got the money. The money doesn't take away the pain and the embarrassment, of course. It's just like when somebody shoots somebody and kills somebody and the family's awarded money, it doesn't bring back the person that died or the people that died. You know, so um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know what more to say about that. It's It's unfortunate um but you know we just hear too many stories we really do um and it's really sad it really is i can i can talk about this all day long but i'm choosing to, to bite my tongue on this so right all right we're going to switch up the switch up switch it up a little bit with our next story um by the way, you are listening to News and Trends with Dave and Len. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Um, we're going to move on to our next story, uh, which is business leader and author um, Ted Santos tells you why you can't find love. Okay? All right, so 
I'm going to read a little bit of what he had to say. You've been going about relationships all wrong, at least according to Ted Santos, a successful New York uh, City-based entrepreneur who for years has been in the business of creating miracles. As the CEO of Turnaround Investment Partners, he has helped CEOs of mid-sized and large companies achieve remarkable breakthroughs and penetrate untapped markets. Now he is looking to create the same, excuse me, to create the same breakthroughs in the romance department for couples with his groundbreaking and controversial book, Here's Why You Can't Find Love. Um, let me see. It says, just one scroll across social media platforms or listen on your local pop or hip-hop radio stations will reveal a deep-seated issue in modern society. Most men and women have utter disdain for each other. But what can be done about it? Is marriage even worth it? In a brilliant fashion, Santos has merged his business acumen with his passion for dissecting the science of relationships and intimacy to determine why relationships fail and what needs to be done to succeed in love and marriage. And his, his book takes the reader on a journey of transformation. It centers on conversations between him and five women at a luxury hotel where they discuss their views on what makes a relationship successful or not. What Santos uncovers and many other issues is that sync businesses are the same reasons that cause modern-day unions to deteriorate. The foundation and culture are contaminated. What do you think about what I just said, Leonard? Um, I mean, I, I agree. You know, I think um, I think a lot of people are just very skewed in what they're looking for, and to be honest, just unrealistic. And you know, I think that just kind of goes with you know, what we see on social media all the time, where however you feel about relationships, you'll find somebody to back you up. However, um, whatever, whatever group you belong to, Black men, Black women, you know, there's going to be somebody tearing you down. So, um, I, you know, I... I just feel like relationships are a twiggy thing and, you know, most people are looking in the wrong places and following the wrong advice. Yeah. Well, it's unique that he took his business acumen and applied it to relationships and be able to determine the correlation between the two of them and being able to see how if a business breaks down, because of A, B, and C. Normally, uh, that's the same reason that a lot of relationships break down. It's because of A, B, and C. So he's been able to put the two together and be able to come up with this book. I know he, he put some statistics here. He says, Santos states that especially uh, important um, for the black community to understand how to have a breakthrough mindset in relationships, 
Today's sovereign statistics revealed that by 2020, 51.4% of black men and 27.7% of black women have never been married, a 30% decrease from 1970 Census Bureau. The lack of success between men and women continues to have it. Uh, the leader tourists impact on the black community's ability to truly grow and flourish, which is economic power, or to have healthy views on relationships. Who or what bears the brunt of the responsibility for this growing trend? It says you must read the book to find out. So, of course, <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Um, I, I I tend to agree with a lot that he said so far, as far as the um, in looking at the way that um, the relationship has been is set up now, and how we look at things, and especially the key word, of course, is being able to communicate, and that's where the biggest breakdown comes in at the same time is communication. Right. Um, um, when, you know, it's just like with corporate America, if a company is not doing well, and he talks about this in the article, if a company is not doing well and it's not reaching its consumers or it's not making its consumers happy, what do the consumers want to do? They leave you. They stop buying from you. They divorce you. That's what they do. And so um, I just find it interesting that he he's taking this approach and um, and how he's, you know, been able to put it in this book. And I'm sure that if you look at the uh, psychology of everything that he's that he's probably using as his informational backdrop, it's probably good and it's probably makes a lot of sense according to what I um, see from him um, in, um, in this article. It says when people are laid off, uh, it puts stress on marriages and can lead to divorce, which starts the cycle of unproductive employees all over again. So he has definitely taken corporate and definitely mixed it with personal lives and been able to find um, uh, the same differences and opposite differences between the two, if you follow me. Right. Any comment on that? No, I mean, I, I agree. <laughs> Folks, let, that's, that's, I'm letting a man a few words at times. So I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. That, but um, they, you got to agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he covered it. Okay. All right. So I'm sure that everybody probably would uh, probably, you know, this might be another Steve Steve Harvey to make it now, How to Think Like a Man, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, the name of the book, again, is called Here's Why You, Can, you Can't Find Love by Ted, Ted Santos. Might be uh, something that everybody wants to read. Uh, um sounds like uh i wouldn't mind um trying to get this guy and see if we can talk to him he'd probably be too big time he'd probably yeah. say uh he'd probably give us the corporate the divorce 
not, um, you know, so, but um, it is right. something that it does sound, it, it sounds interesting to me though. It really does. It, so. Dave, he, he'll probably, he probably make us buy 30, 40 copies of the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about that? How about that? But uh, if anybody happens to pick up the book, let us know what you think. Definitely, definitely let us know what you think. I know we got some people out there that are in book clubs, so let let us know what you think. So, all right, uh, what we got next here? Oh, yep. So, so Dave, next we're gonna be talking about one of our favorite yeah. Uh, subjects. Yeah. Go ahead. Reparations. Uh huh. Yep. So um, recently, and, you know, of course, Juneteenth kind of spurs all this talk regarding reparations, you know, us getting our 40 acres and a mule, which which I'm still waiting for my 40 acres. I don't know about you, Dave. Uh, you got 30. <laughs> well, I, I need 40. And <laughs> so there was an article that came out that I thought was interesting, not necessarily surprising, but definitely I thought was interesting. So this was an article on CNN, and basically the article title says Black Americans are getting support for reparations from other multiracial groups. And how the article starts out, it starts with a lady named Amy Mass. And it basically says that when she was in first grade, um, at the same time that um, the United States was at war, um, a, I don't know if it was World War One or World War Two, when they were at war with Japan and the Pearl Harbor bombing happened. Um, she and her family and more than 100,000 Japanese Americans were rounded up by the federal government and sent to what they call, um, uh, you know, camps in response to the bombing of Pearl Harbor. You know, so they, they kind of didn't know you know, who was for America and who wasn't. Um, of course, by that happening, um, <clears throat> Japanese Americans and, you know, different committees supporting those Japanese Americans went to Congress and they basically asked for reparations for the trauma that they went through. And Dave, we all know that they got their money um, the Japanese Americans, they won their request with the U.S. government and they were granted an apology, which we still have not got. Well, we kind of have kind of not. They received an apology and every person who was incarcerated during World War II was given $20,000. Okay. Now, um, what I like about the article, the lady who was kind of telling her story, Amy Mass, was saying that after she got her money, she believed that African-Americans need to get their money. Now, of course, Amy Mass is um, Japanese. So she's part of a group that is kind of joining and partnering with other multiracial um you know, other groups such as Jew, um, Jewish groups, Chinese groups, Latin groups, and Japanese groups. And they are requesting that the government give reparations to Black people, aka African Americans. And one of the things she said here, and I thought was interesting too, she said, um, and this is um, her quote, she said, when we were having trouble, 
black people were being good to us. And then she goes on to say, it's not the race. You know, it's not just the race. It's, it's just human beings. But um, she also goes on to say that um, she's currently a lawyer. She said, if it weren't for the civil rights movement and the accomplishments that African-Americans made for all ethnicities, she would not be a lawyer right now. So, you know, that's kind of her, um, you know, you know, that that's kind of her reasoning why, you know, she's really behind this thing. And, you know, Dave, that, that does prove a point. During the civil rights movement, even though we were fighting for our rights, when we received our rights, they were really received for all minorities, you know, at that time. So there were a lot of people who benefited off of our struggle and didn't experience the direct struggle. So, you know, I, I just thought it was an interesting article. Hopefully, you know, um, more multicultural groups will, you know, uh, support our need to get our 40 acres and a mule and, uh, you know, maybe tax free for the rest of our life or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. It to me, didn't we talk about this before? So, I mean, we, we, we've talked so about familiar to me. a couple of times. Yeah. But I think, and I, did we talk about this particular individual? Cause that sounds so familiar to me. I don't know why it does. Um, and it seemed like, yeah, she was from, she was Oriental descent. The person we talked about when we talked about reparations before, I, I, you know, and how they were trying to look out for us. You just said something that was very point, poignant, though, um, in reference to um, getting, you know, like you mentioned that after she got her money, she wanted to make sure that people of color got their money. Um, the bad thing about reparations, and the only real bad thing I see about it, it'd be great if the money is definitely given to us. We've been talking about stories of reparations in California, because California has really been the main state that we've been hearing about doing a lot of talking about giving right. reparations. Um, um, the, the, the thing I had the biggest issue with and it's not really an issue it's more of a i guess i'm I'm a little sad about it is that the people who put in who was this was in the struggle the people who laid down their bodies and their minds and gave up their lives for that struggle are not the people who will be getting direct reparations in a lot of cases. A lot of the reparations that are being given now are a lot will go to people's families. Um, and it's really a shame because, of, you know, she was fortunate because she was one of those people that was able to get money because she was there. You know what I mean? Right. She, she, she yeah, you know, it was, it was her, it was her story. Yeah, but a lot of the people who probably, you know, you know, I wonder how many people actually got that twenty thousand dollars that was actually there. Yeah, and you know that that's a good point. I wonder if people, let's say, they passed away by the time they uh, 
gave out the money, mm-hmm. would their direct descendant have access? Because, you know, it, it's possible by them being imprisoned, so to speak, that could have affected, you know, that family legacy. You know, that might have been their job. They might have lost their house. They might have lost money. You know, they might have to out of school, you know, all that. Um, embarrassment, yep. humiliation, uh, and and yep. not even not even account mental health issues. And you know, you, you we know we hear about it all the time. But you know, when you have traumatic stress situations uh, um, or trauma induced um, situations, or you know those four letters that we hear all the time, PTSD, you know. It, it, a lot of it comes from those types of situations that went on, you know, because of the things that, you know, you parents or grandparents or great grandparents went through for us, you know. Right. Um, you know, as a young kid now, to hear stories about how your great 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 grandparents were cotton pickers. They have no rela- they have no relations to that. No, not at all. You know, it's just a story to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, and each generation as each generation goes, it becomes less and less reality to those people. If you feel where I'm coming from, you know? Like, you know, your grandparents Live to be how old? Uh, basically, ninety-seven and a hundred. Okay. So their stories, whenever they told them, were were probably stories you were just like, "Wow, right?" Yeah. I mean, because those are stories that you wouldn't hear. Like your stories telling your great great grandkids are going to be completely different than those stories that they told because you didn't go through the same struggle that they went through. You know, I remember having a conversation with my grandmother. I was probably 14 years old at the time. And I'm sitting there at Leonard and she's telling me about how it was when she was a little girl. And I couldn't even imagine, you know, um, so when you hear these stories and you hear about, you know, the reparations and you hear about all the different things that um, that are going on and you're trying to to get a feel for what's happening um, with them trying to give money back and, and trying to make, you know, amends, um, it's a great story. I just wish that the people who lived that story were the ones getting it all the time. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only thing because a lot of them aren't, you know, she was fortunate to be able to get her $20,000, but you know, not all of us are always that fortunate. There's a lot of us that wouldn't be that fortunate. We all talk about reparations all the time. Now, if the reparations has a trickle down effect because your grandparents or your great grandparents Whereas, you know, John Doe and, and Jane Doe, and because they did this or they were involved in this or whatever, they're being awarded $50,000. Well, 
and this is to the ancestors that are still living from them. You know, this is what we're doing is giving to those ancestors. That's one thing. But you can't say that you're giving to Jane Doe and John Doe if they're not here. That makes yeah, sense. That's true. Dave, can, can I make you feel a little bit better? Yeah. Do you believe that you've ever been discriminated with regarding employment? Yes. Do you believe you've ever been discriminated with involving education? Maybe treat people treating you different, not giving you the proper resources? Um, oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Do you believe definitely, that? Yeah. Do you believe that when you seek medical attention, um, doctors who maybe are non-Black may treat you a little bit different, um, maybe a little Definitely. less care and concern? Definitely. All right, Dave, these reparations are for you, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get it. I knew where you were going with that, but I, and I get it because we all feel that way at some point or another. Um, I'll put my name on it. Yes, I, I shall. But, you know, Dave, one of the things I always think about and people, you know, I mean, I do understand. So I, I hear a lot of naysayers and I'll be like, well, you know, you weren't there. So why should you get the money? So one of the things I always think about is and I'm sure you can relate. If you knew somebody stole money from your parents. Or owed your parents money. And they pat and your parents passed away. Do you feel like you should get the money that was owed to them? If if the people decided to, if I found out that was the case, and the money, the people, whether it's their them themselves or ancestors of theirs, you know, uh, family members of theirs who found out that this money was stolen from my parents. Right. If it was from them and they were giving it back to try to make a right for our family, I would accept it graciously, graciously, of course, yeah. because that's what the purpose of it would be. Right. But, of course, you know, unfortunately, it won't bring my parents back. Sure. It won't bring the people, you know, you know, but I mean, but if they're trying to right a wrong that they know was a wrong because of the people who did the wrong. And they realize that these people did wrong, then yeah, yeah. Um, if it's done, if it's done that way, yeah, I could, I would definitely take it. I would definitely have to, to graciously take it because they realize that there was some type of wrong being done. And with reparations, that's basically what reparations is, is supposed to be all about. But you got to make sure that when you're doing this, that the people who who's receiving is worthy of it. Right. You feel me? Because it's one thing, you know, you know, well, I'm not even going to go there because that, that is open <laughs> up another can of worms, you know, so, but, you know, that, I'm going to leave, I, I'm going to say, yeah, they definitely should be worthy of it. I mean, you know, it'd be great if reparations is given to somebody, say, Lucille, um, Lucille, was one of these people uh, that was owed reparations, and they're giving out fifty thousand dollars to Lucille, and Lucille's already passed away, but they found Lucille's granddaughter who right. is is homeless, 
or or staying on somebody's couch and they found her and they gave her the money that would be a great story because yeah. now she could she could do something with it that reparations would definitely be in line with you know what i mean you know helping somebody help themselves you know but you can't give it to to uh james grandson who's one of the the top drug dealer in the area and he make he, he he's driving around in mercedes benz and living in a million dollar home and you're giving him fifty thousand dollars because he's james grandson i think there's something wrong with that picture okay i mean what did, what's your thoughts on that so i think non-white people for the last 400 years have gotten yeah well i mean they've been able to make their own choices and make their own decisions with handed down money that probably would have been ours so and i'm you know kind of you said some people some people gonna do right with the money some people gonna do wrong with the money like i always think about the dave Chappelle episode where they got reparations and someone bought it <laughs> someone bought a truck of fried chicken and just yeah, like okay. yeah. but you know it's kind of yeah. like you know, I mean, let's let's say what it is. White people have had the opportunity to make decisions with their money, good, bad, illegal, and legal. So, I mean, why why don't we have that opportunity? You know, that's true. That is true. I agree. I agree. So, um, folks, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, we always get a lot of comments after our shows from people who are regular listeners. And they always have comments to say, you know, so I'd be interested to hear what you had to say about this reparations thing. And especially, uh, you know, about, you know, when they do start handing out monies, um, how do you feel about the people that probably will get these monies? So, okay. All right. So that brings us to our last sec uh, section of the show. Uh, which is Leonard's favorite part, um, Dave's Corner. He never um, likes to tell people that, but, you know, don't worry, folks. I will always let you know how he loves this section. So, right, Leonard? If, Hello? if you Hello? What, what, uh, whatever sure you say, there. Dave, whatever you say, Dave. <laughs> well, I think today's um little question or scenario falls right in line with that last story. Um and so and what we talked about earlier as far as Juneteenth is concerned. Um so here is Dave's corner for today. What would would have been the first three things you think you would have done after becoming a free man from slavery? This is Keeping in mind Juneteenth um, and being in 1865, finding out that you were free. So, very interesting question, Dave. <laughs> um, so, I think the first thing I would do is I would put my pitchfork down, I throw my <laughs> cotton bag down, and I would probably um, pull up a chair under a nice shaded tree and I would get some rest in. That's probably the first thing. 
I'll probably rest. Two, hold on. Is this like, are we talking like now, day, what we would do, or then, like 18? No, I'm talking about back then. I'm talking about back then. Now, All right. keep in mind, you can have the same mind that you have now, but yeah. keep in mind, you've been working in the sun a lot. <laughs> you know? So it might be a little cold. So, but, uh, but no, this is right after okay. slavery, 1865. Well, except for, you know, those people in right. Texas that didn't know. So, but and, you found out you were a free man. What's the first three things you think you're going to do? All right. So, I mean, that'd be the first thing. The second thing is I would probably go look for any separated family members, specifically parents, siblings, or kids. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'd go on my underground railroad journey. And then the last thing, and I mean, it may sound a little petty, Dave, but, you know, it, it, if I need to band with some other newly freed people and, uh, you know, take some people to the whipping post. <laughs> we are hey. petty, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know. You know, um, um, what what what's that saying? The tables have turned. The tables have turned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's too funny. That is too funny. Well, keep it in line with pettiness, folks. Leonard Leonard kept took it right there. Okay. Right. All right. Now, what that's what about funny. you? Uh, one of the things you said is definitely something that I would definitely do if my family, if I had family, or a person that would I would consider my significant other wasn't there with me, I would try to find them and connect with them. Uh, so we can definitely be free together. If it's uh, that person or family members, I'm going to try to find everybody. Okay. Yeah, Dave, you, you got to go try and find Kizzy. Kizzy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta find Kizzy. Yeah, wherever Kizzy is, I gotta find Kizzy. Uh and, and Chicken George. Um because <laughs> uh, <laughs> he might yeah, he might start some restaurants later on in his life. I don't know. Um let's see. Um the next thing I would do would probably count up what money I managed to save and start heading um because I'm, you know, I'm assuming we're below the Mason-Dixon line at that time, so we're going to be since, you know, where most of the slavery took place. So uh, I'm heading north, um, preferably northeast, and I'm going to take my coins and try to find me a piece of property. Oh, good idea. Yeah, because back then, you know, you can you can buy a piece of property for, you know pretty cheap back then so um so i would definitely move northeast and try to find some property the last thing i probably would do is try to establish some type of business for myself uh hopefully i would gain some type of skills doing whatever i had been doing as a slave whether that be anything from cooking to kind of good no, no, I'm not doing no cocky picking. Maybe blacksmith, or, or maybe a carpenter, or whatever. 
I'm going to find something that I'm good at or I've learned to be good at, even cooking, and start some type of business from it. Okay. And and, and hopefully um, use that as a survival tool to move into the future with my family and then the families of my offsprings that come from that point on. That's what I would do. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. So yeah. you're gonna be a, a landowner and a businessman. Yeah, man. I'm I'm going I'm going northeast. I'm gonna find me a little piece of property, probably in Delaware. <laughs> you know, uh, I have to be uh, look. I had to probably sneak into Delaware back then, but I probably would have to be <laughs> in Delaware. And, uh, you know, and or um, maybe Maryland or somewhere. Well. I had to talk to Harriet and say, hey, Harriet, uh, so where did you have the least problems at when you were going through the Underground Railroad so, and building those areas? So, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. that's what I would say. All right. And, and, and Dave, I already have a vision for your business. What's that? So since you like music and you're black. You could be the founder of like the Chitlin circuit. You know, you you could organize uh, all the acts that kind of go up and down. No, I'm I'm serious. You know, you know, you 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 contact the club owners. You kind of set it up, and then all the talent. You're like the manager for all the talent. You just kind of set them up on their dates where they go all through the south. I, no, well, I ain't going back down south. You forget about that. <laughs> I ain't going back down south. No, no, no. We have to, we have to establish that, that we have to establish a new type of chitlin circuit. We'll call it the hamburger circuit or something. The hamburger? Uh, the, yeah, the, yeah. The chitlin circuit all went, that was all South stuff. I ain't doing no right, South right, stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll be, I'm, you know, I, I'll probably have to hook up with the original gun and ride club owners and, and hang out at the juke joint there, maybe put some talent down there. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah, so and some of the other area two joints that were in the area back then. So that's what I would do. Uh, but no, you forget about me going. You know, remember what Ray Charles said? We ain't doing. We ain't doing. We ain't going down south no more. Remember he said that <laughs> <laughs> in the movie. Right, yeah, he said right. we ain't going down south. We ain't doing that no more. You know, so that's what uh, that's what Quincy said too. Quincy said I ain't playing them places down here no more. <laughs> you know, so yeah, definitely I ain't going down there. Yeah, that would that would be that would be what I would do, man. I mean, and I wonder how many people actually did that when they got free. You know what they did, um, you know, with their families and and you know whether they they immediately moved to trying to do better and and get themselves established at that time. I'm wonder. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, but there well well we know they did because remember we talked about those those towns that got drowned out and. You know, the oh, yeah, black, black town Wall and all Street. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, Tulsa, you know. So um, I'm sure, you know, they found places to go. But, you know, you know what happened. Right. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So, but um, but that's uh, Dave's Corner for the day. Uh, let us know what you guys think about that and what you would do um, once you became free and, and, and was able to make your own choices and, and live your own lives at that time.
Yep, Dave. Everything has been covered. Okay. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for once again tuning in to News and Trends with Dave and Len. We always appreciate you when you tune in to us. And thank you for all the valuable feedback that you've always given us. And thank you for definitely listening to us. Len, do you want to add anything? Um, make sure you catch us on Friday, and hopefully everyone has a good week. Okay. Yeah, definitely join us for the weekend roundup on Friday. And um, we'll talk to you then. Have a good night and a good week. next week, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn.